who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What do you get when you take two childhood friends with a passion for unexplored history and a whole lot of booze? You get us, Queen's Podcast. And here at Queen's, we are spilling the tea on all kinds of women from history. From New Orleans voodoo queen, Marie Laveau, to Marie Antoinette, and everything in between. Each queen is paired with a cocktail recipe that will totally get you in the mood to hear the fun, dramatic, and juicy stories of fascinating women from history. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers! Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is a special episode of Podcast Beyond. I'm going to call it episode 645, because this is a huge thing we're going to be talking about. Of course, Paper Mario the Origami King has been announced for July 17th, but on PlayStation 4 (laughs) on July 17th, you'll be able to play Ghost of Tsushima, which we just got a really in-depth state of play for uh, roughly 18 or so minutes of pretty much just straight gameplay or showing off features of the game. Uh, So we got a lot and there is a ton to dig into. And I'm joined this week by Max Scoville. Samurai! And Brian Altano. Samurai! (laughs) I think there's no better way to talk about this game than yelling things excitedly because we can go bit by bit, but I just wanted to get sort of a surface level how you guys felt about that because for me, that was such a great showcase. I cannot wait for this game. Yeah, I will say first, before we get into it, um, I guess legally we have to announce right now that Max and I did provide all the voices in this game. Um, Of course. So... No, we didn't. I do have to mention Andrew Goldfarb, former member of the show and our former coworker, does currently work at Sucker Punch. That is not influencing our decisions to talk about this game, but that is yeah, like, you know, addressing. Like I, with, all, with all due respect to Andrew, I, I, he's been working there for a little while. I think they've been working on this game a lot longer than that. And okay. based on everything I've seen Andrew doing, uh, I don't think he. I don't think he made this game entirely himself. So you know, it's, <laughs> I, th- I don't know. I think the game speaks for itself. Um, quite yeah, a bit, he but. did. He did make the entire Borderlands series by himself in that brief year he was uh, working for Borderlands. Yeah. They just held on to Borderlands Three for a no, decade. no, uh, no. Uh, so I. This is this is exactly what I think I needed today. This is such. This is such a stunning reveal. This is uh, first. Like I'm. I'm kind of giddy right now because first of all, um, it's been a while since we've gotten a sort of state of play from PlayStation. Period. Uh, 
Two, um, I, this is, th- th- it's been a while since I've really gotten to get excited for like another open world game again. I love open world games and I feel like this year's had like a couple of great games here and there, but nothing that's like really, really grabbed me on that level. Um, just something to get truly lost in. Uh, and three, it's just absolutely stunning. And I, I'm, 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 I'm more appreciative of its minimalism than I am for its sort of like, uh, exertion of of features everywhere uh it seems like there's a lot going on in this game but it's 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 somehow still restrained if that makes any sense yeah that's actually i think that's a good way of putting it um it also i don't know anything about this story really like i know a tiny bit but i love that they, with everything they've shown us has kind of kept the characters pretty tightly under wrap like it hasn't been focused on like this is a character driven story they're like no this is the 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 the, the title is the the sort of the key word is is Tsushima. Like there's also the ghost, but that's kind of a nebulous concept. Whereas like this is a game about Tsushima. This is about exploring a, a world, a location. Um, and they're doing one of my favorite things with this, which they basically just scrapped a mini map and they're like, you got to follow the wind, dude. There are, like there are <laughs> locations to find, but the fact that they're emphasizing exploration and curiosity of the player rather than being like, yeah, here's your map. It's covered in icons. Go go like follow the dotted line on your OnStar in the corner. You know. Yeah, so yeah. let's jump right into that. Uh, yeah, I'll, in a second, um, we can sort of go into all the guiding wind, the foxes, the whole like uh, exploration of the world. And um, yeah, Brian, how did that initial uh, look at the games world strike you? Because like Max said, I, re- I really appreciated the restraint of it. Uh, like yeah, I mean, I, I totally adore it. I, uh, I I tend to play a lot of open world games with sort of a, a reduced HUD. Um, uh, like there's... There's always that thing, like, to be completely frank, there's that, like, first few hours where I play game, most games like that. And then eventually you're kind of like, let's get down to business and just pull up the mini map and, like, go where I need to go uh, and get the cutesy stuff out of the way. But I, I do think that I'm going to play this game uh, in the way it's at least being presented so far. Um, and I appreciate that because this, this is, like Max said, this is a world that um, I don't know a lot about. Uh, it, it feels sort of like they've taken i've seen sort of like some reduction uh, reductive takes on on twitter that it's not really doing anything new um but on the flip side i don't necessarily need it to because i feel like there are so many expertly crafted systems in video games currently and so cherry picking the best of those things and putting them together into something that feels kind of warm but also unfamiliar is it's kind of exactly what i'm looking for here and the world presented me that like i was definitely getting moments of assassin's creed and moments of breath of the wild but it's also totally doing its own thing um and so i i think that like exploration is going to be really fascinating in this game um and i think it's going to really sort of like nudge you to head off the beaten path and you know i don't want to make this like a comparison between other games but um like something like uh, The Last of Us is obviously much more sort of narrative driven. Uh, you know, I played, we all played the original game um, that, that had a series, sort of series of like open-ish areas that kind of funneled you through. It's it's telling a different kind of story, but I, I really, really love the sort of emergent storylines that happen in open world games like this and the the sort of chaos of bringing all these systems together uh, and and having moments that that you can that we can share on shows like this and on, on forums and stuff like that that uh, are are sort of exclusive to us alone and I love I love stuff like that. Yeah, I really love just the opening of the state of play where they just kind of let uh, Jin start to ro- roam through the environment on his horse, and you see him pass by a bear attack, I believe it was. Like there's um, people contending with animals in the environment. He comes upon a place that is under Mongol 
control and you can you know take the option to free people there or move on and he went on to this house and after he stopped by a man at a fire and then came across foxes and there's just such a nice like natural organic way of finding all these things that weren't like go to this checkpoint 20 meters later go to this checkpoint it was like there's one guiding force and if you want to go to that point you can but there's still a lot in between right um yeah um, I really love how, like, I, I've said this a few times, but I'm not, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a tough sell on samurai stuff. Like, there's a, there's a few sort of select corners of that, you know, genre that I'm, that I'm interested in. One of which being like, uh, you know, Akira Kurosawa movies, kind of the classics. We'll get to that in a minute. But even as a, like, a piece of history, like, I'm not, it, it just doesn't really grab me. Like, feudal Japanese stuff, um, it, it's hard to hook me. And this one, this does something that I really appreciate, which, in addition to being sort of minimal in terms of, of HUD and like what you're looking at, it also doesn't over-stylize anything. Um, like, I don't know, I can't speak to the historical accuracy of every little, you know, stitch of clothing and fabric, but it seems to put just as much detail on, like, grass and trees as it does on armor, which I feel like so often video games are like, let's make the swords really cool. We can just, like, phone it in with the grass. Like, make right. the swords look badass. Make monsters in there. And, like, the, you know, they, they could have been like, let's put dragons in here. And it doesn't seem like they're going to be dragons or kappas or, you know, like weird, you know, mythical beasts anywhere. This is this is about like kind of people and nature. And, and it seems very, you know, very grounded. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna... I think that there was um, like, I'll, you know, we're obviously going to reference stuff like Breath of the Wild a lot in this because I think that that's, um, you know, a, that is a, a Japanese open world game created by Japanese people. But it also is it does something that I think Japan does really well, which is sort of that kind of bento box approach where there are pockets of things where things are dense and there's also pockets of things where things are sparse and minimalist um and i think some people don't really want that in an open world game they just want like that's why gta 5 is one of the most best-selling video games of all time is because it's just pretty much jam-packed with stuff and there's there's some areas where things are a little bit more laid laid out but um i actually like really really dig uh, the, my moments in Red Dead, for example, um, where you're just sort of riding across a field for 10, 15 minutes without anything spectacular happening. And maybe there's a couple things happening here and there. Um, and I think like Japan as a country is something that handles that really well. Uh, and I think that that's, that's something this game is doing pretty well too in terms of they they showed a lot of restraint in celebrating the minimalism in this game. Like a lot of the stuff in this trailer was big, open fields of, of wheat and you know a tower off in the distance you're up on a mountaintop it was we saw some camps and some cities and stuff like that uh but i think a lot of this is going to be about that that journey and the sort of quiet in between the chaos uh and mm -hmm. I, I i don't know i think i i just i think that's something i really love and, and I also think it people, doesn't you know yeah they want some people want something a little more dense but it doesn't spoil um, anything also like yeah. we know that there's going to be yeah. bandit camps and Mongol things to liberate. And we've done, we've done outposts like stuff like that before, but to be sort of like, to really, I mean, this, this really like excited me where they were looking around the horizon and there's like pillars of smoke popping up. And it's like, if you see a weird tree, maybe there's something over there. And that's like, I want to find out what's over there. I don't want that to be spoiled for me. You know, I don't want that to be revealed in this stream. Cause I just want to, I want to like, they're, they did a good job of showing off the mechanics and being like, here's what you will be doing, but also kind of piquing my interest and in being like, we're not going to show you exactly everything you're going to be doing, you know? Yeah, right. the beginning of this has Jin standing at a, a bit of a higher elevation. And he sees those smokes, plumes and everything. And it, I had that immediate impulse of like, okay, I need to go there and there and there whenever I get to that point. And then as it went on and showed you all these little things. And again, like we've been saying, the parts of it on their own aren't necessarily revelatory looking. Like they are very emblematic of other 
Did he freeze? He did. Oh no. Do you want to finish the sentence? We could do that. Um, yeah, yeah no, I'm gonna... of other. No, I was going to say this. Like, video games are an iterative medium, and like, uh, it's this definitely has you back. There he is. You can hear weird. You guys didn't freeze, but I did. That's true. Oh, I heard you guys perfectly. Oh well, we're um, just we're saying how yeah, this is no, mechanically similar to things we've seen before, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I I think it really ties into they're giving you something that's familiar yet really new and intriguing and makes you curious like you guys have been saying and and i think the way that you see things like getting new minor charms like of course you level up skill points and you get these things that help your techniques but the way they're integrated into the world and the way they feel like points of interest but they're not like here's a giant you know big blinking red light to get you to come to a place here's like a naturalistic way to get there i i love sort of the flow of the world they're introducing yeah Um, i I actually do wonder if they're going to add sort of simple accessibility options to that too for people who don't want to play anything like that um because i have a feeling uh, that's that's probably something they're, they're considering um but then again that's that's part of the system in the same way you know something like sekiro didn't really go oh you know we're gonna make an easy mode with where the bosses have less health because this is the way we want our game to be played um you know i ultimately respect the choice of the developers in a situation like that and if that's where they want to go that's where they want to go that said uh, in terms of Sekiro I was definitely picking up some vibes of that too but I think the comp the the combat in general looks uh sort of much more accessible for the average person it looks a little bit more forgiving um and so I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with that because that's going to feel I feel like that's going to be something that's going to like really get crazy too like if you look at something like God of War you could hypothetically like button mash through that game, but you could also go into those like high level bloodborne esque Valkyrie fights and fight some like impossibly difficult boss and you know try to defeat her with like limited weapons and and stuff like that and i I love that stuff. I love when games can scale to difficulty like that. Yeah, so let's jump into the combat because that's right where I want to go next. We see uh, Jin tackling a shipyard, essentially an enemy shipyard, and we see it two different ways. One is more uh, swords blazing, and then the other is as the ghost of Tsushima uh, in a much more stealthy version. Um, So yeah, let's talk about the action, more action-oriented one, because I was really interested to see... the beginning of that fight, it was, you know, they said you can initiate a standoff with an enemy in the environment. And then each hit almost seemed to be like a one hit kill if you got it kind of perfectly. Right. I wonder if that's sort of like the answer to what do you call it, like Deadeye and, and Red Dead or what's it? It's, you know what I'm talking about? The, the yeah. sort of thing, whatever it's called. But um, yeah, I was unclear exactly how this how this works, because like sort of showing off like let's show off the combat and it being just a bunch of one hit kills. Like there's got to be obviously something much more to it than that yeah it, it felt like an example of um maybe this standoff thing w- with lower level enemies but i have to imagine there will be some pretty like spongy higher uh hp bosses that you'll probably have to take on who don't just die in one hit um yeah I'm curious I mean, how they'll handle that. once again like I, a lot like sekiro you could basically sneak up behind most of the like sort of grunt enemies in that game you're most your dated moment to moment average enemy and kill them with one hit like that was a or you could you know come around fight them head on and and do something a little bit more flowery you know and you wanted to do something a little bit more uh just a, a little bit more aggressive and just show off your skills I you could do that i mean the stuff that we did see is 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 brutal and i think that video games have sort of conditioned us to be like you can shoot a guy 
in uh in the head 15 times and like numbers will fly out and he'll kill you but like in real life if you come up to somebody and you slash them across their body with a giant sword that's mostly it you know like (laughs) it's kind of the end of it and so yeah i think i think it's obviously going to get spongy there's going to be some big grunts some big bosses Um, i'm wondering how far that goes because where where i did appreciate sekiro was it it did veer into bizarre fantasy at times you would fight huge monkeys and ogres and stuff and i don't think this game will get that that far uh but i do think you will fight some sort of like bigger enemies with tougher armor and like maybe like different weapons and apparatuses that make that make the the fighting a little bit more intense like mini bosses and and regular bosses and stuff like that so um but in the meantime i'm 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 completely cool with like killing people with one hit yeah no no disrespect to whatever story plans they have but i would totally not be surprised if there is a moment in this game that is like a hallucinatory experience level almost like a far cry thing and you you fight maybe a little bit more mythological creatures oh god i hope that's not the case i don't want that i I wouldn't be shocked but um it it feels like it could fit into this but it does feel like we're going to be a little more ground level uh and even toward the stealth side of it it felt like it felt like a really really good assassin's creed game is yeah what that sequence felt like to me yeah um, no i feel like um most people who make uh sort of like feudal japanese or japanese video games or e- even like any sort of like asian influence video games have to consistently show this specific level of restraint which is how do i not cross this line and make the player fight fantasy dragons <laughs> like it happens <laughs> all the time and yeah. um i wouldn't fault them if they fell into that that rut uh it happens a lot i remember playing like what was it true crime streets of hong kong do you remember that game oh, the, there's yeah. no, like a, there's like a dragon underneath the city or something yeah and so you're like 70 percent of the game and all of a sudden you have to like you have to do like uh, you have to fight a, a dragon with like your fists and it's like it's it's the it's the it's that like point where most people playing the game did like that Seinfeld gift thing where they got up and walked away. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping there's not a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we'll get that far. Um, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think that's, that's the sort of the old, you know, giant enemy crab trope of like, if you're like, we tried to make this as historically accurate as possible. Anyway, you're going to be fighting a Tengu and he's got uh, gunpowder <laughs> missiles. Or, you know, like, God. Uh, the, I think the, the giant enemy crab, is so perfect for this. Yeah. No, I think for um for seeing sort of boss type stuff, we kind of saw this with the the hint of you know blowing up a black powder cache, but fighting off um you know Mongol invaders who have like early gunpowder. Like you're gonna probably gonna see dudes with cannons and stuff, and it's yep. gonna be you know um I'm 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 just I'm really excited about this. Like it definitely like it. I, I will say this: it does not look um it does not look mechanically revolutionary. Like it looks like yeah. it is, it is refining a lot of things, which I, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Like taking things that are, that are proven to work and then fine tuning them. So they do something interesting. Like that's how you make, that's how you make a good video game. Um, yeah, it's how you of, make, it's, it's how you make a good anything really, you know? Yeah, true, true. Um, no, obviously the thing that I got most excited about, which is really kind of, kind of counterintuitive was when they were like, Hey, we have samurai cinema mode where you, you can make it entirely, uh monochrome grayscale black and white uh kind of grainy photo effect to make it look like an old a kurosawa movie which is like like literally the first thing i demanded when i saw this where i was like this looks great it is beautiful and gorgeous and i love how much color there is can i remove all of the color is that possible <laughs> yeah no uh alex navarro from giant bomb actually put up a, a tweet where he was like here's me interviewing the game director of ghosts like two or three years ago and uh, on the show me being like hey you're you know inspired by a bunch of kurosawa stuff uh 
you ever thought about doing a black and white mode? And he was like, huh, that's a good idea. <laughs> and, and, and there it is. Regardless of how it got in there, I'm so happy it's there too. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those weirdos that would totally play a game like that. When they added, uh, they added sort of like ac- accessibility options to the Nintendo Switch on a core system level. And you could play Breath of the Wild in black and white. And I remember doing that for like an entire afternoon. You can play pretty much your entire Switch in black and white. And I, I remember being like, this is so cool that you can even do this. Uh, there was also that cut that, what, what was that cut of Mad Max Fury Road that they really oh, the Black and Chrome. Yeah, mm-hmm. Black and Chrome or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that adds so much. Uh, on top of that, you can play the entire game with uh, Japanese VO, which is super cool. Um, with subtitles and everything, which I, I probably will get into. Um, I've been weirdly watching a lot more stuff with sub- subtitles in general uh, since becoming a father, because there's a lot of times where you're watching a movie and a, your kid will start throwing shit at you or yelling, and you know <laughs> it's, it's good to see what's on screen. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I love all that stuff. I know I, I know a lot of people that played Breath of the Wild with uh, Japanese VO and subtitles. One because they weren't the biggest fans of the uh, of the Amer- North American VO in that game. Um, but two, because it's just, it sort of just feels like it fits the mood. And if you don't know Japanese, it sort of, uh, adds to the kind of escapism of it all. Yeah, it definitely, I love what they're doing to, I I think straddle the line between, they've been very clear that this is not like an historical recounting of something that happened and a true to life retelling of events, but it is trying to be true and honest, uh, and honor, uh, the history of the part of the world that it is focused on so i do like that those options they made very clear like before you even start playing you can change these options um which i think is very key um mm-hmm. i i do also want to mention i did love uh that they brought up photo mode uh immediately of course you did it was great well it's so cool to be able to change like the particle effects uh to take a video and to use the score and the soundtrack um and then the last bit that they did mention was Jin's customization that the armor um, is mechanically important. It is not just the visual cosmetic change. Um, That's I'm so I, bitter. I'm so torn on that because sometimes I'm like, I want to make my guy look exactly how I want him to look. But other times I'm like, but I want to be motivated to get new stuff. You know, like, and if it's actually if if it's stats based or mechanics based, like I'm gonna be like trying to find the the outfit that makes me do the most cool stuff, and then I wind up looking like an idiot. And I think, and I kind of am okay with that. You know, like sometimes it doesn't <laughs> the the best gear doesn't like look the best on you you know there there are games that have rectified that by uh allowing you to kind of drag the stats of of a specific gear set you have unlocked to the aesthetic you like um Spider-Man and I dig- had that with the skills yeah yeah exactly so i think that would be a good solution for this um yeah i'm torn on that too i i, I it's weird because it's like i love customization in general in video games uh because more options are always better but i also like the sort of deliberateness of of going this is our character you know this is our world um so yeah we'll see i i guess it depends i I think i'll do what i always do which is i'll wait until i find the coolest costume and i'll wear it until the game is over even if it doesn't make me as strong because i'm stubborn you know that's just i i feel like that's that's always been my approach and i don't think that's going to change at least you can uh collect different flowers to change the color of it yeah 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 i'm into that there's something, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's uh, a lot, I think, that we're really excited to have finally seen from the state of play. But like you were saying, Max, it didn't really spoil it. It doesn't make me feel like, oh, well, I know the game now. There's no point to playing like it did perfectly straddle the line of showing you a lot, but making you excited for what it's showing by the promise of what could be after it. Yeah. Um, 
so I'm I'm really excited that we are only two months away uh, at this point from this game. So we'll probably be talking about this quite a bit more. Um, I also can't believe this is Sucker Punch. Like going from Sly Cooper to Infamous to this, seeing the evolution of the studio is, is just incredible. No, I mean the the just the the glow ups from some of these uh, sort of like it directly conjoined to Sony first party studios is just phenomenal and inspiring. It's just the coolest stuff to see them go from these like very rudimentary action platformers with mascot animals to to this. Um, I hope yeah. they have I hope they have tanukis that steal stuff as like a nod to Sly Cooper. That would be a very. That would be I have cute. a feeling. I have a feeling they'll do. So, they'll. There'll probably be a fox that looks like Sly Cooper in the game. Yeah, who ha- who has just like a little mask. Yeah. Or you can have a tanuki. They live they live in Japan, they're, but they're sure. not actually raccoons. They're dogs. Really? Anyway. Dog. <laughs> well, I think with that tanuki fact, that about wraps it up for uh, this episode of Beyond. Thank you, uh, both of you, for joining me to talk about this game. Uh, obviously, we're going to be talking about it a lot more in the weeks to come. So if you have any thoughts about the state of play, uh, please write in to beyond at IGN.com or respond in the comments, and we'll definitely read some in the weeks to come uh, mm-hmm. about how you're all feeling. We just watched it. We just came fresh from it, so didn't have time to get those comments yet. But uh, thank you for watching this episode. Normally, Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, and your favorite podcast services. You can otherwise find us on IGN.com and youtube.com slash IGN. We're also, of course, on Twitter. I'm at JM Dornbush. Brian is at Agent Bizzle. And Max is at Max Scoville. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening and/or watching this episode. And as always, beyond, beyond, samurai, samurai. Hey, it's May Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh. Not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night.